This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me, as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. G'day, mates. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It was so, Australia Day here. Austra- um, what is Australia Day? Australia Day is, uh, well, it's a day that's a little bit contention-filled at the moment because of recent <laughs> things, but the, the idea behind Australia Day is we celebrate what, it's a little bit like, I guess, Independence Day or one of the national holidays you guys have okay, over there. Kind of like a founding, founder, founding of the country day. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a founding of the country when the English invaded Australia and, um, you know... Uh, <laughs> displaced all the uh the <laughs> the indigenous people of right. australia so so it's so, going around uh scooping up all the aborigines and uh locking them away and then unleashing all the criminals on the uh, on the land well, yeah basically <laughs> or you know unfortunately they they arrived they they you know back in 1788 when australia was like you know i guess colonized yeah um the you know they considered the uh, aboriginals as fauna um <laughs> They, they actually did. Way and to fact, go, Britain. Until, <laughs> until I think 1960, Aboriginal people were still considered as fauna. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's it's similar to the ridiculousness of slavery. No, that goes how, beyond. At least they were recognized as human, not plants. Yeah, or, or animals. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. just terrible. So, you know, back in the, the 60s, I'm pretty sure it was the 60s. Happy to be corrected on that, but... It was, you know, they, they weren't able to vote in elections. They weren't able to, well, they, they were treated as animals. So isn't that terrible? That's a bad part of Australia's history. But. See, all I know about Australia history, I learned from listening to Midnight Oil. <laughs> well, that's not a bad crash course. Because, you know, <laughs> they have enough Peter, songs that kind of dictate detail all of it. <laughs> Peter Garrett was pretty political. So um, the the lead singer of Midnight Oil. So it's it's not a bad... It's not a bad way to swat up on some of the bad parts of Australian history. <laughs> Listen to our musicians sing about while, it. While bopping your head along to it, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is catchy, and I'm wow. learning. <laughs> it's got a good yeah. beat to it. Um... Yeah. Except poor Peter Garrett had a bit of trouble dancing. Don't know if you've seen <laughs> clips with him dancing. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when you're what? Style. Six foot seven. Uh... <laughs> and, and all limbs. And all yeah. limbs, yeah. You know. yeah. It was very <laughs> unique, though. It, was actually a, it actually became a, a real trademark for him. Um, so own it, own it, own dance it. awkwardly and own it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't really do much for it. We just played pinball in the Did garage. Yeah, cool. I actually uh, uh, a little mini update before we launch into all yes, the uh, deep, about star, deep stuff. star race. Star race. Yeah. So I decided I sourced a piece of playfield glass for it, um, and it was pretty cheap. I, I got a good deal on it. It was um, through. This will only be relevant for people in Brisbane looking for for a playfield glass, but. Um, we seem to have a little bit of reach now, so it's good to give props out. But it was called a company called First Glass in Hemant, and they do a sheet of super wide glass. Um, they'll even not put the stamp on it, the tempered glass stamp, which is sort of like pretty regular on a lot of tempered glass. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do that for I think it's eighty six bucks, okay. which that's cheap. Um, I think some places we're looking at around one hundred and fifty. So. Wow. So, yeah, I've, I've got a good piece of uh, cheap glass on the way while well, getting made, and then I can go and pick it up um, next week. So that led me to doing a bit more ruggedizing of some of the light sockets underneath the play field. So one big problem with um, old light sockets in games, I don't know if you've seen this in your games, but they they sort of flicker, and they're a little bit like sometimes you get intermittent lights going on. Oh, okay. 
in them? Well, the way you can fix that is um, rather than relying on the conductivity in the barrel part of the, the, the light socket, you can actually um, see so what happens is, um, you know, where the barrel part joins the, the flat bit um, yeah. on the bottom where the, or the socket is. Well, what happens is the barrel just starts to flop around and gets loose and you lose your earth from the, um, the thing that goes back to the play field, the little bracket that goes back to the play field. So what you do is you just bypass the bracket altogether and just directly solder a wire onto the, the, the barrel and then put that down to earth and it fixes a lot of the light problems that you often get. So what I've done is I've been doing that systematically throughout the game, just running wire, basically wire looms across all the different light sockets and just like hard grounding them. So it makes them a lot more reliable and it's really made a huge difference to the brightness and hasn't really cost me much. It's only cost me a roll of wire and a bit of solder. Nice. So it's cheap. So yeah, I've been doing that before the glass comes in because really once I get the glass on, I don't really want to have to take it off again um, <laughs> and because it's heavy. It's like yeah. a, a super wide piece of glass is heavy. So I've taken the glass on and off my machine so many times. <laughs> and it's like the first couple of times you do it, you're all precious about it and not wanting to get mm -hmm. fingerprints. And then you're just like, I don't care. I need to get in here real quick and do something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just, well, you know, I've got to be careful because it's in the garage. I don't want to put the right. tempered glass on concrete. No. So I have to, I've got like this little channeled piece of wood that I use to rest the glass in when I take okay. it off and it works really well. Tucks it out of the way, make sure it doesn't get broken. I always hate it when you have to pay, though, that much money for something that is, like, I always do this in my mind. I'm like, okay, this is a lump of steel that costs the same amount as this bit of electronics that, you know, does all these flashy, whizzy things, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's always this weird disconnect in my brain where I'm just like, yeah, fine, aluminum costs a lot, but it's still just a hunk shaped into a certain, you know, bend, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like you shouldn't buy, cost that much. I could buy fifty buttons with that. You know, why do I have to pay so much for it? I know, yeah, yeah. but you know, this is one of the things that I'm thinking, I'm pondering, and this will depend largely on on if I can actually find a one dollar coin mech and a coin entry shoot for the game. But I'm thinking of maybe putting Star Race uh, into the Brisbane Masters this year. Oh, okay, and actually putting it into the it's the it's in the RNA uh, the Royal National Association Agricultural Show. Mm -hmm. They're having a ten day event of pinball attached to the the, the ECA, and the way it works is that if you put a machine on site, you'll get fifty percent of the cash box takings. Oh, okay, and then forty percent goes to the ECA, and ten percent goes to the uh, Brisbane Pinball and Arcade Collective, who are organising the event. So you know. It uh, might be a way to recoup some of the costs if I can actually get it out there, right? And uh, and get it on site. And I think it would actually probably take a fair bit of money. Um, and then you're going to be like, you know, Netherworld could have this for a little while. And <laughs> well, yeah, well, this would be this would be the really big test for. It. I mean, we play yeah. it, you know, for like maybe we played it pretty much for the whole afternoon yesterday, mm -hmm. and it was fine. Like we were playing game after game after game on it all right. afternoon, and it held up really well so 10 days of continuous play mm -hmm. is a very different scenario from a machine of its age true um so you know it's it'll be a test to actually see how ruggedized it actually is and how good um mr grist's board work is on it all <laughs> which i have no doubt is very solid yeah. um so yeah i just i don't know if anyone out there has a and coin entry for um uh, or a coin shoot entry for a gottlieb system 80 coin 
um, door or a one dollar coin back that they would be willing to loan me for 10 days hmm. um i would uh because i wouldn't i mean if if there's one out there that wants people want to sell me i could buy it right. but otherwise i would totally give it back just just for the purposes of this uh event i think yeah. if i can get those two things i'm just gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna pull the trigger cool get this thing out on location because it's it's a game that probably no one have has played here right um in australia i think i looked on the owners list for star race and mm -hmm. i think there's one other um star race in australia and it's in a private collection and the guy is not willing to sell it right so, so this would be the only one around that's playable yeah. do, Very it. do it i'm gonna yeah. do it i think i, I really <laughs> want to i really want to find that dollar mech i reckon jimmy could probably hook me up with the spare dollar mech yeah. um from his collection of mechs but it's finding that coin entry maybe ed um might be able to help me out with that i'll have to contact him so last time i went into detail about the inever drains in southern california uh, mm. pinball event out there in banning and one thing i forgot to mention and i i really didn't <laughs> want to skip this because i thought it was like i was quite impressed um i got to play two different zacharia machines that were there oh yeah which one and uh so i played <clears throat> pinball champ and pool champion oh yes um pool champion unfortunately the left flipper i think it was uh was not flipping <laughs> right. or it would flip and then not flip back down i mean it was very intermittent as to i mean oh sticky to, to the point of just being plain unreliable you couldn't count on it right. at all um but uh pinball champ i was able to play fully and that happens to be a table that i had been playing a lot in the app itself so i was quite familiar at least with the feel and everything now my impression of the zacharia pinball app that you can buy on steam has been that its physics were kind of floaty almost of the same nature as pinball arcades mm -hmm. um just the ball kind of lingered and kind of was lazy in how it went and it had this weird bounce off the the rubber and off the the slingshots and stuff and i just kind of attributed to the you know well they were just kind of emulating the physics that were on tpa or you're kind of going with that and i've been playing so much zen now that i'm completely used to zen's physics and the the williams zen physics are spot on so that was kind of like i don't know it was kind of lowering my opinion of of the zach app just kind of like right. making it feel dated yep so i go and i play pinball champion or pinball champ and i'll be damned if the physics weren't exactly the same as what's oh, in the app really those tables are so floaty it's weird um and and the the bounce the ball has the way it's the the slingshots trigger you know fire the ball it's just a very lopey archy archy kind of feel to it um mm -hmm. and i realized that I'm kind of being susceptible to what I what I complain about people that do this with built Bally and Williams tables that are older tables. Um, like if you play a Bally Flash Gordon, I'm sorry, those flippers are. There's a little bit of lag in them <laughs> when you flip them. They're not mm. that powerful. Um, the ball doesn't go rocketing up, you know, the, no to way. the top of the playfield. It's it's a different sensation, and it a is. lot of people are like, oh, there's you know, that's they they want it to play like a modern Stern, basically. Yeah. Well, I hadn't touched the Zagaria table in years, so mm -hmm. I had no basis to to judge the app off of in comparison, other than 
what I'm comparing to what how a built you know a Williams table would play. Yeah. So it was it was cool kind of getting on there and just being like, oh my gosh, they really did do a great job of nailing it, nailing the feel at least on that particular table. I don't, I gotta believe that it's that way across a large swath of the Zacharia pinballs. Um, and and the same thing was true for even playing with one flipper on pinball or pool champion. Um, it had the same kind of feel to it. Mm. So I just I just wanted to say that uh, the guys over there at uh, Pixel Magic, Magic they Pixel. really or Magic Pixel, <laughs> Magic Pixel Pixel Magic, you know, same thing, right? Um, yeah. No, they uh, they they did a great job and really managed to capture what those real machines are. I their nudging is still wonky. It still feels mm. like you're nudging a boat, but um, <laughs> <laughs> rocking it in the water from per se. But uh, the physics of the ball itself and how it's behaving, I Absolutely. after doing that, I was just like, okay, that's that's great. You guys nailed it. So that's awesome. The funny thing is, I mentioned that to our contact uh, Mart that uh, is over there with with Magic Pixel, mm-hmm. and he was kind of surprised. Oh, really? <laughs> so I have a, f- he was saying, well, it kind of depends on the table and how it's set up and everything. And I was like, well, as far as I'm concerned, the setup of the real table that they had there was exactly was how it on. is. It was spot on. So, yeah. Um, he was just kind of like, wow. Okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> oh, uh, cool. I guess. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I oh, just well. wanted to, uh, to point that out that that was rather, I've only ever played um, Zacharia on Android because that's the only one I've got entitlements on, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's 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 always felt floaty to me as well, even yeah. on Android. But I've come to realize that machines of that era, um, the, like the eighties, like late seventies, early eighties, that's kind of how they all played. Yeah. Like the like, even though I've got I've got extra leg extenders on Star Race that mm-hmm. jack up the playfield. A lot higher and it's still slow and still floaty and whenever it hits a solenoid the ball just rockets very much like um flight 2000 when you're playing mm-hmm. it in pinball arcade like it's floaty 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 until it hits a, a powered surface and then the thing just goes Boo, and rockets everywhere yeah so it's very it seems to be that's just a thing um with that era of pinball machine that's that is actually how they play i was gonna say if you've ever touched a, a future spa or uh one of those bally other bally wides the um paragon oh yes or, and ember or em, not paragon embryon yeah uh, anyway those super wides man they are just slow so slow 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 yeah. <laughs> you could always like go and have a, a sandwich between each shot it's yeah slow yeah yeah it's true yeah they just seem to be that transitional game before they actually started getting ramps and stuff in them where everything was still playing like an EM. Yeah. But it was solid state, but it was still EM um, style um, gameplay to it. It's, yeah, very interesting. Speaking mm. of apps, I, I briefly touched upon it last time and uh, Jared had to run, so I kind of did an abbreviated version, but I'm, I kind of want to dive a little deeper because I've been playing the various Zen apps a lot. Um, it started with doing the the beta for Williams Pinball on iOS, which, speaking of folks, you're going to want to pay attention to digitalpinballfans.com over the next week or so. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but 
the Zen is about to put out the open beta or not open beta, but um, taking right, right, take, taking uh, uh, names for the beta for Android for Williams mm. Pinball. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, you're going to want to pay attention because that's where they're going to collect the names from mm. uh, to to be able to join in. But anyway, so I've been playing a lot of of that, and that got me to. <clears throat> I'd had the aliens versus pinball app on my phone mm. and I hadn't really messed with it that much. I have the eSport edition, which I've messed around a lot with yeah. and I didn't realize that Bethesda pinball was also a free to play. So I downloaded that and started messing around with that. So I have currently six different Zen apps of pinball. Six different Zen experiments. Right. And, and that's exactly what they are. They're kind of experiments because they all do different things. Mm -hmm. So like again, eSports edition, that's entirely for skills, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to play for money. Bethesda Pinball does the matchups that you can play in FX3. Uh, Alien versus Pinball, that one was all about reaching goals. Um, Say like a daily challenges style thing. Well, no, it's not even it, it, it. It's not the daily challenge thing, but it was they had score goals in order to open up eggs. Once you open up three oh. eggs on a table, that unlocks the next table. Open up oh, three, right. that unlocks the next table, and so it was score goals. Um, okay, reaching those, and then you and and sometimes it would be, you know, reach this score over the course of however many games you need, you know, just collect mm -hmm. that many points. And then it would be, uh, reach this score with only one ball. Right. And then it would be reach this score within one game, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, there was okay. various scoring brackets, uh, but alien versus pinball didn't have any component of you competing against anybody else or Bethesda with the matchups, you are competing for rank with other people. Okay. Then there's the Williams pinball app, which I'm testing out. Now that one has your daily challenges, uh, and the ability to earn all the tables for free. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, Cause basically what you do is you're collecting, uh, table parts by playing daily challenges. You get these little tickets that you can flip over. Some of them are table parts. Some of them are, uh, like it'll be specifically say fishtails table parts. Okay. Collect enough table parts, you unlock an upgrade, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, there's four star levels of upgrade that you can do. By purely getting to the second star upgrade, you now can play the table for free. Um, okay. But that's in the, what I would call the Zen uh, physics mode. Yeah. If you want to play with the uh, and this is what and this is what I'm kind of going to drive at is that there's no unification of of right. anything. So, okay, if you play in FX3, you have single player mode, and then you have single player single player classic. Single yes. player classic is the new physics within Williams Pinball games that match those of the actual table. Yes. Within that, you have arcade and tournament as your choice, and that determines uh, whether you're playing the setup, regular rules or tournament rules. Tournament rules, right? Yes. Well, within the Williams Pinball app for your for mobile devices, 
they have pro mode and arcade mode. Pro mode and arcade mode. Hmm. Pro mode, I think that's what it's it's called. I'll take a quick look. But pro mode is basically uh, the new physics. physics. Right. Sort of. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it, okay. Because it's broken down even further. Um, because there's pro difficulty. Right. And then there is, I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, but my point is, they don't use what the the terms are being used in in, in their in their Steam and console apps. Exactly. Hmm. That seems weird. Um, that's going to make it really hard to draw up tournaments, right? Because yeah, you okay. have. So yeah, there's okay. So they have pro difficulty, but under that there's a symbol that one is like of a controller. Okay. That's your regular Zen physics, and then there's one of a trophy. And that would be your uh, advanced physics. Advanced physics, yeah, if you want to call it that. Now, okay, so they have pro difficulty and pro physics. So I'm guessing pro difficulty is more your rules, yes, and pro physics are the your physics. tournament and your and your regular play. Right. Yeah. But the problem is, is if I'm talking about the app and I say, "Oh, I'm playing in pro mode," well, that doesn't translate to somebody that's playing. That's right. It needs to be classic Zen. Exactly. Just yeah. unify the language. Yeah, um, absolutely. I reckon they should totally do that because, yeah, it's going to be really hard for people who are playing on mobile platforms yeah. to converse with people who are playing on other platforms. And I really thought that that was a whole idea behind Zen's ethos is they're creating a game ecosystem. Right. Like, you know, an actual universe that everyone can, you know, work together in and essentially having this this split in language is essentially you're going to need to learn a new dialect to, right. in the same ecosystem or world to understand right. what's going on. And that's that's a disconnect that they need to solve. So my point being, though, if you want to unlock the visual extras, visual extras being the ability to see it in Zen enhanced mode or not, mm. um, that's where you have to earn more stars. Right. Now... Like I said, earning those first two stars relatively easily. You're not going to have to grind that much. You'll be able to mm -hmm. then play the table for free. You want to get all this other stuff? You there's a lot of grinding. You got to grind. I was well, grinding, and here and here's the thing. I was grinding when it was easy for us in the beta to collect this stuff. Before and it was the taking... before everything was leveled. Well, it, it was before everything was leveled. The daily challenges were rotating every hour to three hours. Right. So you were getting multiple daily challenges Shots within at, a, a yeah, day right. long period. It still took me about two or three weeks before mm. I had unlocked every single table. That's that's a long time. That's a long time. So you can imagine if you're just only getting one shot at a daily challenge, maybe two that's per day. Like, that's probably like about five or six weeks. It, it's going to be a lot of grinding. Yeah. Well, so in order to... <laughs> Here's where the paywall fund comes in. You buy these, you can buy the upgrades, you know, skip having to grind it by yeah. buying Z coin. Yep. The Z coin is significantly more expensive than the other apps if you want to just outright buy a table. All right. Okay. So, how much more expensive are we talking? Well, if normally they were charging uh, like $2.99 a table, mm -hmm. now you're looking at maybe $11 per table. Jeez, mm, okay. That's um, getting towards like, you know, stern pinball arcade pricing for tables. Right. 
Yeah. They're still tweaking the balancing of, of what the cost is of right. everything. I th and think that that's probably going to be tweaked a little bit down. It might be tweaked a little but, bit down, but here's the thing. Mm. I honestly don't think it's bad. You don't think it's bad? Do you think, think it's, it's better to actually grind and, and like participate in the way the game's supposed to be played on mobile? Well, and here's the thing. Yeah, I enjoy the grinding on mobile because what it's giving me is it's giving me these really short games because yeah, right. the daily challenges are at most, if you're playing a five-minute game, five minutes. Okay. Otherwise, single ball and stuff like that. They're going to be relatively short games, which tends to be what you want to play on mobile anyway, right? Well, think God of, like, being on the bus, right? Like your bus or the train. You want to like just smash out a quick game of pinball right. and then get on with your day. Actually, that exactly. makes sense. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, so I'm sitting there playing Aliens Pinball. I've now unlocked all three tables. Mm -hmm. If I want to play a table outright, uh, not in a shortened form, but play all three balls and and everything... It's either I have to watch a video, I have to fork over some uh, tickets, if you will, or I'm going to have to pay the for the table outright. There's no way of actually just plain earning the table scot-free without any adverts or anything like that. Yeah. So that kind of diminishes my want of doing anything more. Like once I was done with all the grinding of opening up everything that I could open up. Now there's nothing to do with it. And now it's just, you know, back to just regular kind of play. Yeah. Um, like I said, that regular play now comes with, Hey, well, you still got to watch ads. You still got to, you know, and so I'm like, ah, you know, I, I yeah. like the idea of being able to actually just plain earn it outright. Yeah, uh, right. Bethesda pinball. Yeah. Bethesda pinball is grinding with doing the daily matchups. But again, there's no way of earning, the tables outright. Um, yeah. You're always going to have that. You got to fork over some coin if you want to play a regular game on it. Yeah. Now here's where the Bethesda pinball kind of bothers me is that it's way floaty, especially when you compare it to how it plays in FX3. FX3 it plays great, it plays like all yeah. the regulars. And the app, it's again, it just kind of lopes of the ball, mm. and so it's like. I want them to go in and I want them to make all of these apps have the same kind of menu, the same user interface. I want them all to use the same upgrade systems, you know, whether yeah. it's being, you know, Zencoin and tickets. Go in there and make them all the same so that whenever I open up a new app, I'm not going, oh, well, what do I press now? Where do I go now? Um, this is different from what I'm, you know, saying. Yeah. I guess that's that is only important if you are again. I know you're putting on the hat of a free to play yes. customer here, um, but you know, of course, if you if you've got Zen FX two on um, uh, or Zen Pinball on Android, uh, it's it's they're all there for you. But you don't get any other the competition, of course. Exactly. There's no there's no matchups in those. There's no daily and challenges in those. And you've got to pay your two dollars ninety nine per table to unlock. Right. But once you're unlocked, it it's it's unlocked. Right. Properly. So again, you're now with you're still having all these apps if you want mm. all those various options. That's right. Um. So Williams Pinball uses Game Center. Well, they all use Game Center, but I think for login purposes, Williams Pinball uses Game Center also. Bethesda yeah. and Aliens they want to use Facebook to. Yeah. 
match you up with friends. So again, it's, I just want it all to be, you know, line through straight thing. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping when Zen comes out with their, their mobile mobile version of FX three, if you will, that it does just that, that it unifies everything, makes it all the same, no matter what Mm -hmm. app you open, that it kind of functions the same way, navigates the same way, uses the same upgrades, that those upgrades carry over. Um, Because that's the one thing I like about skills. Whatever money I earn in the eSports edition of Zen, that money can be applied to any other skills game that's out there. That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. So I, I was really surprised when you were mentioning that when you were beta testing the the Farsight version of this yeah. implementation. I went, oh, so it's like a universal bucket of money. Yes. Very cool. Yeah, that that's really good. That would make me, if I was like into that sort of competitive style play, want to actually find more skills games or skills enabled games mm-hmm. to potentially look at. It would actually almost be in itself uh, a uh, an acquisition tool for for me to go, ah, what other games support skills? Because I want to earn more money in these. And it would probably open up the genres for me because, you know, it might take me away from pinball. It might get me into, I don't know, Matt's Three or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. that has skills components in it. So it's a it's an interesting add-on to games just yeah. to sort of broaden, broaden their appeal and broaden their reach because it would go for the same thing. If there's other competitive people playing in other game genres, and now all of a sudden your skills flash up a banner saying, hey, this is now available in pinball. Come and try it out. Eh, you know, it's another <laughs> way people can get in. The other thing that's weird with, uh, and again, I'll go with, with Bethesda, because um, you had to play certain amount of matchups before you could unlock the next table. Well, once you unlock the next table, and, and again, those were daily, you got an allotment of three matchups per day. Mm-hmm. Well, once you unlock up, unlock the next table. Well, now you have six matchups for the day. Ah. So unlocking the third table was didn't take long at all. Right. Um, getting that first that or that second table unlocked took quite a while. Right. Uh, but <laughs> those matchups. So you start and you're like you're ranked. I don't know seven hundred thousandth. You know, right? Whatever. Okay. And you get three matchups to pick between. And if you look at the their rankings, uh, just go for the one that has the, the best ranking because yeah. if you beat their thing, then you've beat that rank and now you're ahead of them, right? Yes. The weird thing is, is the score. there's also a score that's associated with that person and that's the score you have to beat. Yep. Sometimes the lower ranked person will have a way higher score than the higher the ranked. Higher ranked. Yeah. I don't get that at all. Doesn't yeah. make sense to me. With uh, my first table of choice was Doom, and I've gotten all the way down to I think I'm now in the twenty thousandth ranking, <laughs> somewhere right. somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and the score, yeah, I'm I'm twenty one thousand eight hundred thirty second. Wow. Okay. But here's the thing: the scores have barely moved that entire time. So the score I typically have to beat is say 1.6, 1.7 million. That's not that hard. My ball launch is 1.5 million. Right. If you know, so long as I hit the ball, cause I've got a boost multiplier on it uh, right off the, right off the bat, I get 1.5 million 
And then I go, and the first thing I do is uh, if I shoot the skull, and you, that's where you get your missions. There's one called the Hell and Back, which essentially is playing Arkanoid. And Fire. I can beat that thing virtually every time, and that's worth a solid $8 million. So, so I'm already up to almost $10 million without Just, doing much. Yeah. And yet I'm still competing against scores of 1.6, 1.7 million. <laughs> and I'm is like, it, when are these going to get good? When is this going to get competitive? <laughs> it's almost like you have to, like it's a ladder system and you have to climb each rung of the ladder. So even though you're getting 10 million scores, you still got to climb that single rung. You can't bypass eight rungs. You got to keep on climbing one. Sometimes rung you are able to, to bypass large chunks of, of ranking. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's taking a long time. Um, it's not very rewarding, and that was my problem with matchups in FX three. Mm -hmm. It just didn't seem it didn't seem like you were playing against anybody real. It seemed like these arbitrary accounts, uh, bot yeah. scores. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and it was the same thing where sometimes the the higher ranked person would have a lower score i just i don't know where the scores are coming from i don't it doesn't make a lick of sense to me do you think it could have been the case where somebody like you had a really great game on a, a like a like a really like 10 let, let's call it 10 million um point score on a game and had a really good game but they were also sort of low ranked and they just had a great game that's why it's it's throwing out the the score because that would make sense like their last posted score for this round this, their last posted score that they actually put up was this score, and now they're competing against you in this tier sort of thing. I don't know. Because it makes me wonder, is there a score out there with my name attached to it? And what score are they using? Oh, yeah. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> because yeah. my scores have been so far and above beyond whatever the score is that I'm trying to beat. I, I can't imagine if somebody went to go play against me right now at my 22,000 whatever, and I've got a, I'm showing a score of 13 million. Well, that's significantly more than, <laughs> and I haven't come yeah. across any score that's been even remotely close to it. So mm. I don't know. It's weird. So again, I just kind of want this unification uh, of it all. So after they they've got the data they need from all these different experiments. Now it's yeah. time to actually unify the experiments into yes. one more cohesive ecosystem on mobile, at least. Yes, because I think there's I don't know I think there is still going to be that division between console, Steam, and mobile. Yeah, purely because of the nature of those three platforms. So it's going to, it's still going to be close, but I don't think I don't know. I don't know if the mechanics are actually going to be the, the same in each, I guess, ecosystem. It's, it's going to be three, three um, major land masses, let's call it that, <laughs> in, in the world of Zen Pinball. And each one will be slightly different, but they'll still be in the Zen universe. Because similarly with Williams Pinball, and I mentioned this before, you, there's all sorts of custom flippers that they've created custom balls, custom ball trails. And I'm like, well, why don't you put these in FX three? Let us, let us mess around with customizing mm. rubber and, you know, customizing what the little sticker on top of the flipper looks like, you know, yeah. customizing. Yeah. I want smoke coming off of my ball instead of fire. You know, <laughs> it's, I, I don't, 
I don't know why that kind of thing isn't put into FX3 other than the fact that they're looking at it as this is microtransaction kind of fodder yeah. uh, and people on a console aren't going to go for microtransactions. No, well, no so. else Steam. They wouldn't want that either. Um, but it would nice get me. Play. It would get me to play the matchup mode in FX3, which I've completely, mm-hmm. other than that first month that came out, I've never touched it since because I just did. To me, it was just it was the pinball arcade tournaments grinding that you went through, um, and right. I mean to the point that you would see that what score you had to get in order to bump up to the next level, and there was no way you were going to do it. So that's right. That's um, funny. I think I'm still gold in the pinball arcade tournaments and I haven't played it for literally a year. And see Zen, if you miss a week, you drop. I see. That's how it should be. Like I should be bronze and way down the the back end of the uh, field and bronze in pinball arcade now, but I'm not, I think I'm still gold. So I just don't understand. It's one of the many things I don't understand. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) those are, those are my thoughts on, on the, uh, the apps in general so i mean to summarize let's get everything back onto a level playing field let's make sure the apps are are all standardized as much as they can be let's wind up the experiments into a more um i guess more coherent package that if anyone switches between those particular um apps they're going to have a pretty similar experience using them because that's really the most important thing isn't it well Um, because if i play if i bought bethesda pinball for uh, the Zen pinball app. Yeah. Is it going to play the same way that it currently is playing on the standalone app? Cause if no. it is, then I don't like it because it's too floaty compared yeah. to every other Zen table. That's right. So yeah. even you need to standardize the physics across these things too. Yeah. Basically make, if it's in the core app, then make it the same as a core app and then right. roll that out into the other ones. Yep. It, I agree. Make it standard. Yeah. Make it consistent. So the other thing that I noticed, <laughs> especially with Bethesda, uh, the audio, if you're not playing with headphones, it crackles all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, you'll be playing all of a sudden and go, like the speaker can't handle it. So I plugged in my headphones. Oh, guy, yeah, there's a lot going on audio-wise. In well, there the is, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed was with, with Doom, because I've never played the actual table or the actual game i should say but the music that they used in it i was like boy this sounds a lot like nine inch nails Mm. and i know that trent did the music for quake yeah so i listened to just a sampling of the music from quake and was like boy i think that they ripped it right off of (laughs) that and went that's the sound we're going to use for doom 2016. <laughs> um, yeah. Model, model it off that. Thank yeah. you. And please. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I, I could have sworn that I was like, well, I didn't know. Maybe Trent did the music for, uh, for doom also, but no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So what else have we got to talk about today? What else do we have to talk about? Um, let's see things that have happened. My movie pass is officially over. Okay. So, I'm back to I'll only be seeing plebeian, plebeian viewings of movies. Yeah, I'll only be seeing a handful of movies in the theater and everything else will be wait for video and mm. uh renting it. Um that being said, I really want to go see Alita Battle Angel in, in IMAX. 
in IMAX 3D, no less. Oh, wow. That would be well, incredible. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about it, but Alita uh, was being developed back in 2000 by mm -hmm. James Cameron, and he basically had a script for Alita, and he had a script for Avatar, and he didn't know which one he was going to do. And he decided that Avatar was the more doable of the two. From a actual cinematography perspective. And from effects. effects. Well, yeah, where effects were and everything like that. Wow, okay. So he went and did Avatar and then realized that he was probably never going to get around to Alita. But he'd done all this pre-work on it. Yeah. So he has gone and uh, teamed up with Robert Rodriguez who <laughs> many people consider him an utter hack, but there's some brilliant movies that he's put out. Um, and he decided that he was going to make a, make it as if Jim Cameron actually made it himself. Right. So kind of throwing away his aesthetics and trying to duplicate Jim's and Cameron is full on board as a producer of this. And the funny thing was, is Cameron was like, no, mate, go ahead, make it your own, make it your own. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, I'm treating this as if I've never seen, as this, this is the Jim Cameron movie I was promised. And I want to see that movie. I don't want to see my movie. I want to see your movie that you just didn't happen to make. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> and so he's, he's using all the same effects companies that, that Cameron uses, you know, with way to, dig, way to digital and stuff. Um, they also shot it natively 3D, which is rare these days. Most people do post-conversion. Yeah, how does that um, translate back to like regular two D? But does it? Can oh yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, because they just pull, they just use one camera's information instead of oh, both right, cameras. Okay. But when you right. shoot something natively three D, you're seeing it on set how it translates, mm -hmm. and you frame accordingly. There is a different framing mechanism for shooting two D standard movie versus shooting three D. Right. And one of those things is if you have an object that is slightly off camera, which is mm -hmm. done all the time in, in standard 2D, in 3D, it looks odd because this thing is now out of focus, but clearly at the proscenium arch of, of the screen. Okay. So if you have that thing, though, all the way over, so that it's fully on screen, now your eye accepts the three dimensions much easier. Oh, and, so it's actually it, bringing it into more of a three-dimensional ocular view. Yes. Sort of thing. Oh, yes. right. That um, is interesting. And on set, they're playing with uh, uh, the dimension. You know, how deep are you looking at? And uh, it's just one of those things that once you're, once you're in that 3D headspace, you're designing a movie for 3D. You're not just looking at your monitor, shooting, shooting, and then in post-production going, oh, yeah, well, now let's turn it into 3D. Because there's there, there's just different rules of cinematography for, for how you right. frame device, you know, framing devices. But the other thing was they're specifically also making it with IMAX in mind. So they're also doing the taller... Large format. Large format, yeah. Mm. So that's one that I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to have to to go yeah. see that that way. That sounds pretty incredible. I think we... I don't know if our version of IMAX, there's only one cinema that I know used to have an official IMAX screen in it here in Brisbane. And that was a cinema in South Bank, which is sort of near the CBD. Um, but I think some of the other theater chains are bringing out this format called VMAX, 
And I have a feeling that's probably the same because, of course, they want to cash in on the IMAX formats as well. Right. So it has to be VMAX must be the the IMAX version or the brand, the IMAX brand that these companies are actually doing. Yeah, the, the, the bummer is that most IMAX that even around me, the majority of IMAX or what I call Limax. Because um, they're not genuine IMAX. They're not genuine. They're not the, they're not the six story tall screen. They're not right. um, taller than they are wide. Uh, very few right. movies, basically uh, Christopher Nolan's the only one that shoots true IMAX um, and, and utilizes that. And those screens are also, uh, they're film projection screens. They're not digital. Oh, okay. And so usually what you're seeing is the digital projection. It's not even a, it's not even a four by three screen that you're, it's, it's like a one, six, six ratio screen. Um, so you are getting a little bit more top and bottom information, but not, it's not the incredibly <laughs> jolting difference between going from this three by four image all the way down to a two four zero image and then all the way back wide. Um, which when yeah. I saw, when I saw the dark Knight, it was just incredible seeing like that. I mm. mean, and, and every time you want to talk about, you know, 4k resolution on TVs or whatever. Yeah. When you see true IMAX using 70 millimeter film, every time it popped into that, my eyes just relaxed. And like, oh. it, it was almost a sigh. That's, that's the best way I can do My eyes just kind of went, ah, oh, because it was just <laughs> so detailed and so easy on the eye. And there was no strobing. There was no, uh, it, it just looked natural. And it was, it takes on a depth all its own, even without being in 3D. Mm. So <laughs> it, it's just one of those, one of those interesting quirks Things. um that so few people are going to do i mean in southern california i think we only have three true imax screens film projection IMAX. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and none of those will be playing alita i guarantee you because because for 3d it's only being digital projected right. it's not film projection so so that's that's the limitation uh, imax is not it wasn't future proof with 3D in mind because you actually have to have extra information on the film to. Well, the IMAX count. cameras in general, IMAX film cameras are enormous. Hmm. Now you do IMAX 3D film cameras, and there <laughs> are too. there were IMAX productions that you know for the their educational series that did hmm. this. Those camera rigs were just Ridiculous. massive, just yeah. stupid large, yeah. and they're noisy as hell, which means you don't get good audio. So everything has to be. Re-recorded, yeah. Oh well, okay. As um, I imagine, because there's this, it's not like a digital. It's not saving to hard drive. There's a lot of chattering noise going on oh, from those things. Be huge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> it yeah, is, right. but anyway, it sounds like it, it's good. It sounds like it's going to be a very interesting thing to see, um, particularly as a, uh, a like the director essentially emulating another director's vision. Emulating my favorite director. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. this is good. Yeah. I, I could see you with your with your notepad and pencil out going, ready to critique now. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's like for for all the complaints that people have about Avatar or about Titanic, and you know, groaning and moaning about Cameron with those, I still love him to death. I there's nothing. No, I, I agree. I, I think, everything he's Avatar, ever done is gold to me. <laughs> even even though Avatar is Pocahontas as a storyline. It's still a fun version of Pocahontas to watch. Yeah, everybody always says, oh, it was just Fern Gully. Well, I got news for you. I never watched Fern Gully, so I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> That's right. It's it's an enjoyable switch off your brain, switch on your eyes, and you know, watch the I, movie unfold. I mean, in truth, every single drama out there is just a rip on Shakespeare, but, mm. <laughs> you know. This is true. No. Hey, one more thing before yes. before we go. I had a little surprise turn up in my mailbox the other day. Okay, um, what's that? So you might remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week actually, I mentioned that I got these really cool um, sort of enamel pins from this company called Nerd Pins. Um, right, they I look like little tiny uh, pinball, machines. pinball machines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I, I had a few spare spots on my, um, my netherworld lanyard of wizardry where I have my little wizard pins on. <laughs> so I thought, no, I'd, I'd fill up with this Twilight Zone pin because it looks super detailed. And like, you could see, they even had like bits of the play field visible, like, you know, some of the, the, um, the Powerball ramp and stuff. I thought, oh, that's really cool. All right. So I'll, I'll get one of the, I think they were like $10 US each, which for a large format um, pin is actually pretty good, pretty, pretty reasonable, really. Um, so anyhow, I, I, Took along to Netherworld and I showed people at the pinball tournament. They they were pretty stoked with it, and um, I just left it at that. Really, I think I did a thing on Instagram and mentioned it last week in the show. So anyhow, this week uh, this little envelope, same sort of envelope that I got the first shipment of pins turned up, and inside it were four pins, uh, and I went, uh, "Why? Why do I have these things?" <laughs> And it turned out that um, Joe, the person who runs Nerdpins, was listening to the show um, last week and uh, it sent me some of the latest versions of the uh, Nerdpins for us to take a look at. So for those of you on YouTube, here is, I'll hold it back far enough. Yep, this that's far Adam, enough. That's Adam's family. So that's pretty cool looking. So that there'd be like, this is a full color pin. There's like probably about six or seven colors, maybe more on this pin. So then here is, I guarantee you, the cheapest way that you will ever own a big Lebowski pin. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get one of these for 10 bucks and it'll probably work better than the Dutch pinball version anyhow. So there you go. Get yourself a <laughs> one of these you, ones. You got to mount that one on a little tiny miniature rug. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm surprised actually. You see on the back, the, the little card stock that you get, yeah. you've got little picture on the back so it's got okay. the boys from the movie on the back and the uh pins on the front but yeah you're right it does need to be on the rug i think you're right the last one that's the other thing they do too is they don't just do pinball um ones they do arcade cabs so i got two two of the newest ones this one is um spacey's um so space invaders and it's like detailed all the way down to like the coin door it even has like a representation of the old style like nickel plated coin insertion with the little rocker on it thing it's very detailed so look thanks joe for sending them down um to um australia for me they've it was a very nice surprise to receive in the post and i've put them all up on instagram so i'll, I'll link that in the um, show notes and yeah do check out nerd pins because it's not just arcade stuff and and pimple stuff that joe's got up there he's got lots of uh internet meme stuff too so if you like your memes 
get up there and check out NerdPins. It's um, it's a pretty cool site. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I won't. Uh, I won't bore you with. I I just rewatched the entirety of Lost. So oh, all God. all one hundred and twenty one episodes. Jesus. <laughs> it was it was really fun the first two seasons and then it started becoming daunting um mm. it was still enjoyable but man am i glad that most shows are only 10 episodes long now you know for a season because those first three seasons were 24 episodes each or something like that wow that was the um the era of the super long seasons right yeah like Which is still story. how network TV does. Uh, cable doesn't do it that way. Netflix doesn't do it, you know. No. But network TV, by and large, still does these full the, giant. So they can kind of fit a series sort of into half a year, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they usually run for. Yeah. 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 So I mean, and and <laughs> the, it's it's kind of why I don't watch a lot of network TV. I mean, hardly at all because there's a lot of spinning of wheels. I mean, it's a different, when you think about when that kind of model was back in the day when there was only three channels um, and TV shows weren't serialized at all. You didn't have to, you could have skipped three weeks of a certain series and come into the next episode. And who cares? It's the characters, the character is basically Scooby-Doo. You know, they're all wearing the exact same uh, outfits and mm. you know at minute 43 this kind of you know in the 18 that's when they're going to build their big mech, you know machine <laughs> in a montage that's going to solve the day and you know your job's done formulate television yeah 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 so i mean it was just a matter of just filling out content but now you start getting all these shows where it's all serialized and you got to pay attention week to week and everything mm. that's a long haul and a lot of storytelling to of a consistent basis to go through. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah, for sure. Like it's yeah. Good, good on the writers because that's a challenge. It's not like a little standalone, like digestible one week sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So, and then you think about, you know, like <laughs> the Simpsons has done something in the nature of, they're almost at 700 episodes. That if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's 25 seasons or something seasons, like that. Yeah. Okay, it's just, there's so much, so much like canon in that now. That oh, I know. Trying to, trying <laughs> if you're to trying do. to have to keep track of everything that went down, <laughs> jokes. Some people do. Oh, I know. Some oh, people do. Oh, That's yeah. some people's jobs. Um, yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Crazy. All right. Um, I guess we'll get to the uh, particulars that we always say for the end because, you know, you people don't want to get bored by them. But first and foremost, go buy a T-shirt. To do that, yeah. go to redbubble.com, give a search for Blockade, and there you'll find all sorts of... You don't even have to just buy a T-shirt. If you want, you can buy a mug. You can buy a phone, a, case. A phone case. Right, uh, stickers, you know, whatever. There's all sorts of, of stuff that you can spend and that money helps us. For instance, Jared just sent me the bill for uh, uh, web hosting. <laughs> yeah, URL. Yeah. Yep. So that's what that money goes towards is uh, keeping us up and running. And we're pretty lean. As a show, we're pretty lean. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of expense doing this, but when they come in, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Watch the bank balance, the police. Well, I mean, basically, for anybody watching on YouTube, just look at my, my microphone. 
that's a pretty tiny microphone. It's not one of these, you know, pro grade mics. Geez, <laughs> um, oh, I mean, I only upgraded to like this thing recently because you know, right? It's it's because it was cheap at Costco. So I just went. <laughs> oh, I need something a little bit better than my my little thing that sits on the top of the laptop. So I had to do it. Which I have to laugh. You can always tell when Jared's gone to Costco because all of a sudden there's a flurry of posts on uh, his Twitter account <laughs> yeah. of all the things that shiny that caught his eye. <laughs> like the other day I went there and I, I saw like this amazing light up keyboard from Cooler Master. And I went, oh, that's shiny. Let's do a video on Instagram on that. <laughs> and then then a uh, like a sous vide circulator um, thing that you can yeah. use to like cook things in bags. Uh, who would have thought that Costco has that? See, I have yeah. a Costco literally a block away from me. So <laughs> it's not, it's not like, ooh, it's special. Um, well, it's just down the road for me too, but I never really get a chance to go there and just explore it. Oh, you know okay. how big Costco's are. Like mm -hmm. you never get a chance just to walk around it and go, I had no idea you're offering this particular car product that I have no idea that was there, but now I need. So right. I need to buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> but you can only buy it if you have five of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter. The show is at Blockade. I am at Shut Your Trap, and he is at Jared Morgs. And then you too can find what Jared just found at Costco. Um, Adventures at Costco. Adventures at Costco. And then make sure you check out the website, which is blockadepinball.com slash episodes. There you'll find all the show notes as well as uh, links and videos and pictures that Jared likes to uh, post. Um, it's all good stuff. Way to keep mm. track of what's going on in the show. Um, there has been a question because, because uh, in terms because. of, Hey, do we know what the, what isn't coming next from Zen? No, we honestly don't know what's coming next from Zen. We don't no. know when next is coming from Zen. Um, we did get a private uh, notification that has us really excited, but we can't hint about anything of what it detailed. <laughs> but, but we can honestly say with our hands on our hearts, there is no details about tables no, or any of none, that sort of nature. None, none at all. So keep we just kind of got some broad strokes that were very exciting. Yeah. So um, we don't know. Nope. But it's we're hoping, hoping we'll see if we can manage this. Uh, Mel is currently in Budapest right now over at Zen Studios. And I'm wanting to line up an interview with some of the designers from mm. Zen and Mel's hopefully going to assist us with that. So we might have a special podcast coming up maybe next week or maybe the following week. We'll see when it, uh, when it shakes down enough is enough. We'll call it there. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will be back again next week until then. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.